0: In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Marianne's guests are leaders in their field, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, business, and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in their own work. They teach others to develop, refocus, and grow. Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. And remember, make every moment count.
1: Welcome to Moments with Marianne. Today I'm here with a, a couple of very special guests, but before we get into that, I'd like to just take a brief moment and thank all the moms out there and wish them a very happy Mother's Day and also extend gratitude for all the strong women we have in our lives. So, you know, definitely want to extend our thanks and let you know that you're being thought of today and we really care about you. So today we have a special guest. We've got Dr. Peter Newhouse and Mark Daniel, and both of them are working with IHMC Robotics. So welcome to the show, Dr. Peter and Mark.
2: Hey, how are you doing? Thank you, man.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, I appreciate you both being on the show, and, and what you're doing over at IHMC is just phenomenal. I, everyone needs to hop on your website, check out what you're doing with Robotics here, because it's out of this world, which I absolutely love. So, but let's, um, let's start with how you guys got connected. So, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to be the pilot at IHMC?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, um, I was paralyzed whenever I was 18 years old, and uh, I I excelled really well in my physical therapy and really bounced back from my injury pretty well as far as the health side and physicality goes. And in excelling in the physical therapy, I, I believe that's how me and Peter got connected. I think they were looking for a candidate you know who was paralyzed at a certain level, who could also attain you know certain physical things. That way, it would assist them and make the make the exo or make the exo easier for them to experiment with. You know, having somebody that can somewhat take care of themselves and do things on their own, so that. It's an independent, it kind of starts off independent, and then I'm looking for more independence that way. So we got together with the physical therapy, and they introduced us. And since then, um, they've just been uh, working me as, as hard as they can.
1: I bet, I bet. Now, Dr. Peter, oh. I know that, that you have a great background. <laughs> I mean, reading your credentials, I mean, my goodness, I'd love to have, you know, if I was building anything robotic, I'd want you on my team. Thank you. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background?
3: Well, uh, I went to MIT for my undergraduate and got my bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, After that, I went to University of California, Berkeley for my master's degree, and then I took a... A little break between my master's and my doctorate. Well, I didn't know if it was going to be a break. I took a couple of years off and went to teach uh, at a school from, I taught from fifth through twelfth grade science. And that was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed teaching, but I knew if I was going to ever get my PhD, I had to go do it now or then before I got too used to working and, and not studying. So then I went back to Berkeley, got my PhD. And then I worked for a number of years in industry and then uh, decided I wanted to leave California. It was too busy out there. It's pretty hectic, a lot of traffic, and looking for kind of a little quieter lifestyle. And so my wife and I ended up in Pensacola at IHMC, I, I, and I've been there since 2003.
1: I can understand that. I moved to Colorado from um, California as well. It was kind of some, some of the same complaints. I mean, it's over congested. Love the area. Great people, but it's a little little crowded too. Now, so I know IHMC. Now, what does that stand for?
4: It stands
3: for the Institute for Human and Machine Cognition. Uh, Because it's kind of a mouthful, we usually use the acronym. And IHMC (laughs) is a not-for-profit research institute in Pensacola, Florida, and we do basic science research. So we we don't sell anything. Uh, We don't uh, commercialize. We might license our technology, but mainly we're doing research that's funded mostly by the government.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, and um, I know our listeners can go over to the IHMC website, which is www.ihmc.us. So you can take a look at what we're talking about. This stuff is just absolutely phenomenal. Now, Mark, we talked about this last time you and I chatted, you know with the way that this um, exoskeleton looks, I mean it kind of it kind of puts you kind of looking like an Iron Man, so did you get called that quite a bit
2: uh yeah that's that's a nickname that I catch a, a lot when I'm um, speaking with my friends and just uh people in general out and about whenever I'm in public and uh, I've had some people notice me from pictures and things like that. And uh, it just you know, just people that are already into the community, you know, with robotics and you know, with IHMC already, they've noticed me and stuff like that. And and everybody brings up the mm-hmm. Iron Man, and, and really, it, it kind of makes you feel like that when it comes down to it. Because I mean, it's really—I know it's not my legs doing it, but it, it really is. You know, strapping on the suit and and becoming, you know, not—I would—I wouldn't say more than I am, but it becoming something different in a sense, you know, the, the the suit does kind of come with a little bit of a, you know, for me, it comes with a little bit of a kind of a persona. Like, you know, I, I, I have to excel and, you know, and and that's something that whenever I put it on, I get really focused and I pay attention to every little move and noise that that goes on so that, you know, I can help out as much as I can.
1: Oh, definitely. Now, now Dr. Peter, could you explain for our listeners what this suit looks like? I mean, it's a little tough on radio, but, um, and since you're the head guy with all of this, I figured you'd be the perfect one to explain it.
3: Sure. It's called an exoskeleton because it lives outside your skeleton. So this is a device that has motors. And our device has motors at the ankle, motors at the hips, and motors at the knees. And then rigid connections between those motors. And it parallels Mark's legs on the outside of his legs. And then mm-hmm. there's a backpack component, so he wears it like a backpack and around his waist, and then he steps on foot plates. And so when he's wearing it, as the device moves, his legs move with it. And so it can he can stand up, and it's not carrying him. It's basically holding his joints in a position so that he can stand or that he can walk. And the motors are mm-hmm. computer-controlled, and we write the software to control the motors so that it, it, he can walk, he can stand, and do... As we start to get really into the sabathlon challenge, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but as he has to do these different activities, we make the exoskeleton do the different uh, motions.
1: Okay. At some point, I know the skeleton right now is tethered. At some point when it becomes untethered, will, um, will people like Mark, will they be able to be more in control of what's actually going on um, with the exoskeleton?
3: Right. So... When we started uh, back in 2010, that was when we started working with Mark and our first exoskeleton. It was uh, connected with a wire to a desktop computer that someone then controlled the stepping and controlled the operation of the device as well as the power came through that wire. So it wasn't a very practical device that he could walk around outside of the lab. And again, with our second device, uh, that was also tethered. And now for our third device, because of this competition, we are required to be untethered, and all the operation has to be done by the pilot or Mark. So that'll be a really exciting opportunity for him to take control of the device in this in now, both the mm-hmm. operation way as well as he'll have freedom that he's no longer uh, restricted by the power cord.
1: Okay. Now, how will he be able to control it? Is it would it be with like hand movements or? Is there uh, another way that this is um, controlled?
3: Well, that's, uh, that's something that we're gonna work together. So Mark is a full-time employee at IHMC, and that gives us a great opportunity for him to spend a lot of time helping us figure out what the best type of interface is for this device. Uh, we currently have kind of a joystick on the handle of the crutch, as well as some buttons that he can press, so he doesn't have to take his hands off the crutch, because he'll need the crutches to maintain balance, And then he can press the buttons and control the device. We think that will be enough, but he's going to give us feedback, and he'll say, no, we want this. And we're a pretty uh, adept organization at trying out new things. We have some good technology in our lab. We have a a couple of rapid prototype printers or 3D printers, which uh, are becoming very popular. You might hear about them. Uh, And we have these in the lab, so we can easily... Make new interfaces. So if he says, "Well, I want the button to move this way, or want it to move this way, or maybe if I had one on each hand, this might be something we can easily try out."
1: Okay, so he's really involved as far as how the design of this is is working, as far from a functional standpoint.
3: Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a, a true collaboration. I mean, you know, if we get in the device, I might you know want to operate it one way, but it's really up to Mark to determine what the best way to operate it because he's going to be the pilot of this challenge.
1: And that's, that's pretty exciting. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show because that's uh, definitely some exciting stuff there that you guys have coming up. So, with, um, so Mark, now being able to be in the suit and move around, how does that feel?
2: Honestly, um, getting up and walking around like that is it's it, It's a confidence builder um the, i don't I don't know how everybody in a wheelchair feels, but um most people in my position the the biggest one of the biggest bothers I would say not the biggest but one of the biggest bothers is um being eye to eye with who you're speaking with and you know um just that face to face communication that you don't you don't necessarily get the same the same way from the position that I am in a wheelchair all the time, so being up and walking around. Um, not only the function is nice, you know, being able to get up and walking around, but uh, just being face-to-face with the people that you're speaking with and and back in that perspective of life is, is beneficial. Like I said, just confidence-building-wise, and it, and it makes you feel better, but then there's also the physical attributes of, you know, the spasticity goes down, you build bone density that way, and it's better for your circulation because the human body was meant to stand up. So and I guess that, you know, that, that all comes back down to, you know, it's, it's a huge, you know, confidence builder, but also you have the health benefits of being back on your feet. And after a couple of weeks in the and every time that we've tested, after we spend a couple of weeks, you know, back-to-back testing and, and I'm really upping the device a lot, it really, it makes me feel more energetic. And I don't know if that's because I'm up in it and it's just exciting to do, or if, you know over the time of the couple of weeks, I just feel better in general because of the increased circulation and just you know the the better the less dealing with spasms and things like that as well so I mean it kind of it helps all the way around in the long run and the short run you know immediately wearing it
1: yeah it it's gotta be fabulous to be um you know being in a in the exoskeleton like that is and being able to move around and and that actually leads me to my next question. Dr. Peter, do you kind of see at some point that this, um, this project transitions into um, where it's available for everybody that is in need of um, some mobility?
3: Well, currently there's uh, two companies that have devices that allow uh, someone with a spinal cord injury to get up and walk, very similar to our device. Uh, one is by Exobionics and the other is by Rewalk. There's a third one coming out by uh, Parker Hanifan called Indigo, and so there are these there are commercial devices that are will soon be available to the to uh, people to purchase and for home use. Currently, their devices are sort of limited to the rehab center. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is trying to advance the capabilities, and you know we're a research organization, so we look at well, how can we make this device better? How can we give Mark more control, how can we have him walk faster, how do we increase the capabilities, go upstairs, downstairs, increase the balance, and th- we're looking at those kind of areas. And What we hope is that as we make new discoveries, we publish our research, and then the commercial sector picks up on our work and then adds those capabilities to these devices. So that overall, the, the field is benefited.
1: Yeah, I mean, with all this research, I can definitely see it just having this expansive um, wave both in commercial and then you're also saying that you guys work, have been working, partnering with uh, NASA.
3: That's right. Our, our second device, uh, we collaborated with NASA to, for the design and build of it. And that was a pretty mm-hmm. exciting opportunity to uh, work with some great engineers over at, uh, in Houston and we mm-hmm. always look forward for a collaboration, whether it's with a government agency or with the university or with a commercial sector. And because we're a nonprofit, you know, we, we can uh, use those kind of collaborations where if we were a commercial entity, we'd be much more closed about our research.
1: Okay. Now, um, with the work that you've done with NASA now, what interest do they have in your, your second project that you're working on there?
3: Uh, So NASA was looking at different wearable technologies and how they can help astronauts. Uh, One specific application was for exercise in a microgravity or in space. Uh, Astronauts, because of the lack of gravity, they're not constantly loading their muscles, and they need to do about two hours of exercise or weight-bearing exercise a day in order to keep their lower body muscles in shape. Otherwise, they have atrophy and uh, bone density loss.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So we looked at our yeah. technology as a way to do exercise in a with a very small device. The, the current device up in Space Station that the astronauts use for most of their exercise weighs about 2,000 pounds, and our proposed device would be somewhere 50 to 70 pounds.
1: Okay, so they have one that they're currently using, but it sounds like it's insanely heavy. But, you know, right. I guess space, all things are relative, right?
3: <laughs> right, and and you might say, well, it doesn't matter how much things weigh, but it the heavier things are, the more expensive it is to launch. And then as NASA looks to go to Mars or you know, even further places, they'll need to keep the mass of the things that they launch even smaller and the space smaller. So this would be a great technology to help some of their astronauts maintain their physical fitness while traveling uh, or spending a long time in space.
1: Okay. Now, um, Mark, have you helped with uh, with that partnership with NASA as well? Were you involved in that?
2: Um, yes, ma'am. Um, I was part. I was, of course, the uh, pilot for the exoskeleton um, test fittings, and uh, just worked with them in general, just the same way that I work with IHMC now, um, as really uh, just a- as a as a test pilot. You know, I, I jump in the machine, and uh, while I do have. The time in the machine. I also spend time discussing with them, like he was talking about ways to interface with the machine, um, different things as far as positioning of the, you know, where the handles are, the way the buckles set up, and you know, I look at the whole overall design, and you know, and just kind of put my input to it as far as not being able to control my lower body. Like you know, my whole perspective is helping to adjust the machine to better fit, you know, myself and then with NASA, I was the test pilot and just collaborated with them in general discussions, you know, how things worked, um, the things that I would change about the machine, things like that, just the same way I do with IHMC. Right, and and Mark has a perspective that we just can't appreciate
3: and understand. I mean, I can try and relax my legs, but I can't stop my brain from feeling my proprioception or feeling my feet and feeling how the thing is contacting me, And, and so... It provides an invaluable way to evaluate the device.
1: No, It it definitely gives a, a unique perspective and probably closer to what the astronauts would be feeling in space. That so makes it a little bit more, um, and I'm just throwing this out here, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a little bit more true to what they would be using or feeling out there.
3: Uh a little bit, like
1: it. <laughs> okay. My legs do well, float.
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. You know, it's it's um, it's just with that. You know, because the astronauts go through that atrophy as well even when they're up there for a long period of time. So there is that unique perspective that that Mark brings to the table. I can see that
2: definitely. Yeah, the the inability to control what the machine does. As far as the movements below my waist, you know, I can control the balance and the stability of the mm-hmm. machine, but I have no control or, you know, more than visual perception of what is really going on beyond the waist. So all the movements and stuff like that have to be, you know, true to form for it to actually work with me. So like I say, and, you know, that, that's one thing that, that they can't really imitate.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, have you had, um, Dr. Peter, have you had other pilots for your exoskeletons,
3: uh, we've worked with uh, one other uh, person. Her name is Mia, and she's helped us out in both uh, our first exo and our second exo. She was mm-hmm. great because she also gave a, a different perspective. She's you know different uh, body size than Mark, and while Mark is really strong, she's has a little bit more of balance. And so it was also great to hear the different. Uh, or to watch them both learn how to use the device. Um, mm-hmm. For Mark, when he evaluated our first device, it was over about a two-month period, or maybe even is that about sounds about right.
2: Sounds about two two months, probably of straight working right. with it, and then a few months either on either side, just kind of fitting and this and that. So he would come in once or twice a week, and we test uh, the exoskeleton
3: with Mia. We had. Uh, she lives in Mexico, and she came in for about a week. So we had a, just one week to work with her and get her uh, to evaluate the device. So it was kind of a little bit different time pressure to really push her to the point where she was uh, utilizing the device as much as she could within that time period, where Mark, we had a... A Much longer time frame weren 't under that same pressure,
2: yeah, I remember um, Mia coming in and I came in with her and, uh, and coached her a little bit on you know at the, at the beginning, the onset of you know just generally how I do things, but Peter's definitely right about the difference in the way that we use the machine. He was saying that you know I have a lot more upper body strength I kind of while I do have to finesse certain things, I have more of the brute strength to kind of make things happen you know if, if things go wrong, I have a way of just I have that brute strength to kind of push through it if I need to and uh, while she had you know everything that she did was relying, relying upon you know finessing it through and, and making it work with her while you know if, while I could adjust things as I went a little bit
1: okay well we're going to pause here for a quick break and uh, we will be back in just a moment so stay tuned
5: The goal of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Foundation is to cultivate a more peaceful world by creating awareness that we can choose love. By providing tools for our children and communities, we can enable them to develop a healthy level of optimism that leads to resilience. Our mission is to give people the understanding that they can choose love by living a life with gratitude, having the ability to forgive, and to be compassionate. This is a proactive effort towards mental health that will provide children and adults with the perspective and wisdom they need to be able to navigate through life in a happy, fulfilled, and meaningful way. Our website is jessilewischooselove.org. Join the Mind Health Coach with Leah Marie every fourth Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come explore with us natural and healthy ways to achieve inner peace, happiness, and an ever-present state of well-being. You're already healed. You just haven't realized it yet. When you're ready, you can change your mind and change your life forever. The power of a beautiful life is within you today. Mind Health Coach with Leah Marie is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network.
6: Have you ever had the sense that your thoughts might actually be doing something? Ancient secrets of manifesting have been masterfully revealed in the award-winning book, Manifesting 123, by Ken Elliott. For the first time, the author's experiences and stories in this book describe exactly how your thoughts can create anything. You've been doing this all your life, but it's never been fully explained for you until now. Visit manifesting123.com for more information today. manifesting internationally recognized and award-winning author judy goodman works and teaches outside the box of limited thinking working with people from every walk of life her goal is to empower you to be the best you can be no matter what the challenge is born with the gift of seeing beyond our normal vision she has an extraordinary gift of working with every challenge teaching beyond conventional wisdom her work is described as life-changing visit judygoodman.com that's judygoodman.com Ben Wexler is a gifted leadership development and strategy consultant for professionals who want to transform their organizations and careers. Through a uniquely personalized set of processes, participants discover their unique knowledge, how to leverage that knowledge and experience, and then put it all together with a global strategy. You're more valuable, your organization is more valuable, and the change is viral. Contact Ben at 630-881-1074. 630-881-1074.
7: Pressure is on. Can you feel it? Life as we've known it is no longer working. Why? We are awakening. The true core self is alive within us now and has a new life to live. What does this mean?
0: How do we
5: live
7: from here? Join us live every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern as spiritual embodiment coach and trainer Ambujam Rose explains this mass awakening. Ambu Jam's direct approach teaches you how to navigate this new wild ride, educates you on how to strengthen your spiritual core, and takes your calls for personal spiritual core training. This program is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. In 2012, after returning home from Iraq and Afghanistan, Sean Gobin hiked over 2,000 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Recognizing the therapeutic effects of long-distance hiking, Sean founded Warrior Expeditions, a veteran nonprofit therapy program that supports veterans transitioning from their military service by hiking America's National Scenic Trails. Equipment and supplies are provided as well as assistance with job placement. For more info or to help support these veterans, visit warriorexpeditions.org. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
0: In a single moment, your life can change. Join Marianne Pastana, host of Moments with Marianne, for a transformative hour of leaders in their field, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, business, and spiritual entrepreneurs. Tune in to experience Moments with Marianne every second Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, all part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. Don't miss this, and remember make every moment count. It is
1: Welcome back to Moments with Marianne. I'm here with my special guest today from IHMC, and we're talking with Dr. Peter. Uh, We've got Mark Daniels here, and now we're being joined by William Howell. So uh, thank you for joining us, William.
8: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, so I understand you're the multimedia specialist there. So what great things do you do?
8: I don't know if I do anything great, but uh, I've been <laughs> around a long time, so I must be doing something at least good.
3: Well, I, I can answer okay. that. Is, <laughs> it's all the forward-facing videos and photos that uh, our robotics group puts forth is basically a lot of Billy's creativity. He oh, also does, okay. So yeah. on our... Uh, website. There are some interviews with Mark and our, Mia, who we talked about also. And lo- those interviews are basically Billy really extracting out their feelings about how, about life and the exoskeleton. So without Billy's interview techniques, we wouldn't have the, that great documentation about our work. Yeah. It's, um,
4: that's, mm-hmm.
1: it, it'd ahead. be a story that wouldn't be told as well, you know.
8: Well yeah, my um my father was a psychologist, so um mm-hmm. I'm I've been at, I've been at IHMC for since 2000, maybe 2001. So um as soon as the exoskeleton project started, uh and and I was brought aboard, I I'm I just realized that 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 the guys were focusing on hardware and even the you know the the how the user interfaced with with the machine but to me I, I i don't think it would be a complete research project without focusing on on their feelings right on on the human aspect of of how how someone interfaces with this and and how they feel and that's just a question that you really can't quantify so it's not really you know, it's not really one of the things that you would care about in an engineering sense, but mm-hmm. but I I really care about it, right? So,
1: well, I can definitely... tell in the yeah in the videos that you guys have up and the pictures they do tell a story, and it's easy to see um, with them just what you guys are accomplishing there, and I I feel it's absolutely phenomenal. Now, I understand, Dr. Peter, you've got some, um, you've got actually a competition coming up, you and and Mark, and I guess Billy's, you're going too, right?
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we will be bringing most of the team. And the competition is called the Subathlon. It's kind of a mouthful. But it's basically (laughs) a challenge for para-athletes to compete, but it's compete with the assistance of technology. And our specific mm. race is called the Powered Exoskeleton Race. So this is a race where someone with a lower extremity paralysis will do everyday challenges, but these challenges could not be accomplished with their wheelchair, so they'll need a Powered Exoskeleton to help them accomplish these challenges.
1: Wow. That's phenomenal. Now, is that, um, when Mark is doing this competition, is, it, is he going to be an exoskeleton that's tethered or non-tethered?
3: Uh, it's required that it's untethered and it's required that mm-hmm. all the control comes from the pilot or comes from Mark himself. Uh, so that's really is what's forcing us to get to that point where we have to cut the cord by adding batteries and cut the cord from the control and get mm-hmm. to the point where he's able to control all the motions himself. And so the the battle is in October of mm-hmm. 2016, so it's come up in about five months in Zurich, Switzerland.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. So um, once you put this, you know, know, Mark is able to go ahead and control this. He might run out the door in Zurich, right?
2: (laughs) I've already told them they should put LoJack on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I definitely bet. You know, just make getting around that much easier. But how exciting! So you know, you're going to be able to start testing this and. Are you guys already in um, in the test phase of this, or is it just happening?
3: Well, uh, just about a, a couple of days ago, we've got uh, someone up in the EXO standing. We're doing kind of a fit check, and this is just one of the engineers. Uh, we think it'll be about maybe another week or two until we have, you know, Mark, we'll do a fit check with him and then power it up. You know, in order to get anyone in, we have to make sure all the safety systems are working and and uh, that's really what we just got accomplished, so that we're getting really close to having Mark test out this new device.
1: So um, how many um, different groups or companies show up for this competition? Uh,
3: in the power Exoskeleton Race, there will be 16 teams, and the, mm-hmm. the uh, competition is full for that race. So they would. I think there might be more companies or universities that would like to compete, but because they can only accommodate 16 uh, that's the total number that will be competing. And so pretty excited. We'll be the only team from the United States in the powered exoskeleton race.
1: Oh, so, well, that's so cool. So, William, you're going to be posting lots of, lots of pictures about this, right, so we can keep track of the journey.
8: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll be posting it, but I'll be handing them for, to Mark to post because he seems to be the most adept at at, um, at the social networking.
2: If I'm
4: the most okay. adept, then yeah. we
2: really have a problem.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> but I am learning. I am taking the time to learn, especially since uh, I am the pilot, and I'm, I'll be having you know a lot of people be really asking me questions and and um, wanting to hear my perspective about it. I've tried to be as open as I can be with it, and and as really as fun with it as, as I can be because I have a good time with it. It really is just it's a fun experience all around. Just doing this in the lab. I know that going to Switzerland, going to the Cybathlon, is going to be just an amazing journey. All the way from you know starting when when we started the project in 2010, looking back all the way up until you know looking forward from now to October, is <laughs> absolutely amazing, and I'm just. I'm jumping through the roof. My my competitive edge has already jumped in, and I'm I'm ready to do just about anything. We're we're fighting hard for it, but I am not rushing the safety, the safety side of it. Like Peter said, the safety checks um, keeps me from kicking myself in the forehead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we we like those safety checks. You know that that's important. <laughs> So, well, oh my goodness, that's got to be so exciting to be getting ready for this next part of your guys' journey. And and so, um, how when they award somebody at this event, is it um, just recognition? What what type
3: of award are they giving? Any, giving. Like like
1: fi- like financial um, help you know, to um, your programs.
3: Unfortunately, this, there is no uh, monetary prize, uh, so there'll just be recognition of our accomplishment. And that does help uh, the team out, and it helps, you know, motivate us uh, because, you know, we like being recognized for our accomplishments in the the same way that, you know, an athlete who's competing will be recognized. You know, it's in part about our device, but it's really about Mark working with the device and giving us feedback, and then Mark using the device to its fullest extent to compete.
2: Well...
1: So, all eyes are going to be on you mark huh <laughs>
2: yes in, in a sense, and uh, and just like peter said, um the, you know they they deserve to be you know recognized for all the hard work that they that they've put into this over the years as well and and that's one of the things that i'm really looking forward to, i guess is is i don't like being in the spotlight so much i mean i'm looking forward to to doing the race and I want to be a part of the competition and everything. But uh, I'm not really a a public person, so um, of course, you know, you know, I didn't put all the work into building this and to to getting us here. So, you know, of course, I'm excited and and ready to do it and jump out into the open. But I want to drag the the engineers and the and the minds behind it. We'll be there with you. (laughs) (laughs) you (laughs) I'm glad.
4: Well,
1: and for our listeners out there, I I did give you the wrong email address, uh, excuse me, uh, website address earlier. So it's robotics.ihmc.us, actually, and then backslash C-Y-D-A-T-H-L-O-N. So you definitely want to check out what they're doing there at uh, at their website and, and the updates they're posting. But they're doing some phenomenal work. So um, I think we have a few minutes more before we head to our next break. So, Dr. Peter, with all the work that you're doing with this, what seems to be the most challenging getting ready for this competition?
3: Uh, you know, the, the challenging right now is is getting the hardware together. I mean, it's, it's a pretty compl- complex robot. It's got six motors and just a lot of moving parts that we're building from scratch. I mean, you can't go to the store and go buy an exoskeleton that will uh, get someone walking. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, you really can't Home Depot that, right? Not
3: <laughs> uh, yet. Um, but uh, so we're, we're really focused on the hardware, and we also have a team working on the software, and we're also adding a lot of new uh, components to this exoskeleton versus our previous ones. We've got sensors in the feet to see how well Mark is balanced. Uh, we've got the interface that we just talked about, and we've got uh, just know more complex software because we're only doing walking. now we're going to do a lot more activities
1: okay well we'll be right back after this short break we've been talking to Dr. Peter Neuhaus, Mark Daniels, and also William Howell so we'll be right back after this break
6: internationally recognized and award-winning author judy goodman works and teaches outside the box of limited thinking working with people from every walk of life her goal is to empower you to be the best you can be no matter what the challenge is born with the gift of seeing beyond our normal vision she has an extraordinary gift of working with every challenge teaching beyond conventional wisdom her work is described as life-changing visit judygoodman.com that's judygoodman.com Ask Dr. Love is now on the Dream Vision 7 radio network every second and fourth Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Dr. Jamie Turndorf, a.k.a. Ask Dr. Love, is a psychotherapist, author, love, and relationship expert who offers advice and answers to your relationship questions. Hear about Dr. Love's groundbreaking new Dialoguing with the Departed technique that enables you to reconnect and make peace with a loved one. This show is for you, the listener, and Dr. Love wants to hear from you. Call 866-338-9663 or 617-237-1234. In 2012,
7: after returning home from Iraq and Afghanistan, Sean Gobin hiked over 2,000 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Recognizing the therapeutic effects of long-distance hiking, Sean founded Warrior Expeditions, a veteran nonprofit therapy program that supports veterans transitioning from their military service by hiking America's National Scenic Trails. Equipment and supplies are provided as well as assistance with job placement. For more info or to help support these veterans, visit warriorexpeditions.org.
6: Ben Wexler is a gifted leadership development and strategy consultant for professionals who want to transform their organizations and careers. Through a uniquely personalized set of processes, participants discover their unique knowledge, how to leverage that knowledge and experience, and then put it all together with a global strategy. You're more valuable, your organization is more valuable, and the change is viral. Contact Ben at 630-881-1074. 630-881-1074. Are you an author looking for publicity for your book? If you're self-published or have worked through a traditional publisher, Marianne Pistana can help you get the media attention you require. Contact Marianne Pistana, literary publicist and host of Moments with Marianne, to create a winning plan of action. Marianne has helped authors become best sellers and has received highly acclaimed media attention for her clients. Some of her work has received attention from ABC, NBC, CNN, CBS, Fox, and PBS, in addition to print and radio. She's a specialist in utilizing social media and her list of exclusive contacts to further the reach of your work. Contact MariannePastana.com to discuss the future of your work today.
7: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
0: In a single moment, your life can change. Join Marianne Pastana, host of Moments with Marianne, for a transformative hour of leaders in their field, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Tune in to experience Moments with Marianne every second Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, all part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. Don't miss this. And remember, make every moment count.
1: With Marianne, we're here with Dr. Peter Neuhaus, Mark Daniel, and also William Howell. And uh, so we've been chatting with these gentlemen from IHMC. So I've got to ask you guys. Okay, so what's what's on the horizon?
3: Uh, well, from our, our research, you know, we uh, will continue doing research and make this device better until it's able to restore Mark to full walking and he can walk and run and maybe even uh, run faster than me then uh, we're going to keep doing our research.
1: Oh, that sounds fabulous. That that would be a great thing to accomplish,
2: you know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Running, may, maybe some dancing. <laughs> oh I don't want to see Mark dancing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh
2: yeah, yeah, I never. Oh, come dance on now. maybe we can program it dancing. to dance.
1: There's nothing wrong with that, you know.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, well, yeah, <laughs> but um,
8: but yeah, so so that's on the I guess that's on the the, the forefront or right
2: our, yeah. of our research
4: uh, initiatives.
2: Okay. And okay. I'll, be, um, I'll be keeping up with mm-hmm. see as, as far as they want to pursue the project with the exoskeleton, uh, the, the Cybathlon, of course, and then pass that as far as they want to go with it. And um, until then, while, uh, while getting ready for the Cybathlon, I'm actually preparing myself to do a cross-country walk on the American Discovery Trail as well, which um, I was actually planning to do this year. But um, because of the sabathalon and the uh, the opportunity here, I couldn't turn it down, so I'm going to postpone my American Discovery Trail walk until um, March of 2017.
8: And, and it should be, noted, be- uh, it should be noted that, mm-hmm. that we're a non-for-profit research facility, so we kind of live and die by what we call live and die by the grants. And so, the Cybathlon <laughs> competing in the Cybathlon isn't necessarily like us trying to to actually win a, a competition. More more so to get our research um, noticed in the robotics and the exoskeleton world, so that we can perhaps procure funding to further our initiatives, and and. At least on on my front, I, I hope that that we just. I think it'll be a great networking opportunity for us um, to to really uh, meet companies and and individuals who are interested in pushing this technology into the realm of reality. Right? Because right.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I is a pretty small research institute in Pensacola is a pretty small city, and uh, in our robotics group. Uh, we w- weren't really that well-known until we placed second in the DARPA Robotics Challenge in June of 2015. So last year we mm-hmm. did really well in this international challenge in robotics. And after that, people started to say, oh, oh I've heard of IHMC, and we were featured on one of a NOVA, Rise of the Robot show. And that really helped kind of propel our group and get the word out there that we do great work.
4: this
8: is
1: important. Good, and you you know. want- mm-hmm. Go
8: ahead. Oh, well it's important because you cuz you want to you you want to ensure that that your not only your your um, image is 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 good in the research world right you don't want to have a bad image but but really you want to ensure that you're doing good work and you want to to instill confidence in those who who are really looking to push the field forward that they can trust that you will do good with the money that they supply you, right, so
1: oh sure, without a doubt, and i can I mean you can definitely see by looking at your website with all these fabulous pictures, by the way, that looking at the website what it is that you guys are involved in right now, what's your current project, and you know I think people should know about what you're doing, so I mean, just because you're a small company in Pensacola, I mean you probably end up. You know, being you know, kind of the big name at um, in October at at the events. You know.
2: Well, we hope we hope so. Yeah. And I absolutely <laughs> hope that that I don't trip or anything like that. <laughs> that that's the service.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm I'm really looking forward to. I've always enjoyed working with IHMC, and I'm really looking forward to Cybathlon, just as a way mm-hmm. to to really make to make the guys here proud. I mean, I know that they you know they enjoy working with me and i enjoy working with them but um i mean this is um this is an awesome awesome for for me it' it's 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 really nice to see the the a company like this you know they they take such a personal note with me and just a real um it's kind of like they're they're picking up the fight with me to to help me get around and and be more of myself and um yeah. it's it's really nice sure. to see them you know the the commitment that they have to it
1: yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you can easily see that. Now, um, Dr. Peter, now where? how can people get involved and help, or what is it that you're looking for?
3: Um, well, uh, as Billy mentioned, our work often is funded by the government, but this activity specifically is really not something that the government would necessarily fund. And so part of our work is, is funded through uh, charitable contribution, but we're also looking for sponsors to help us with this uh, Project. You know, it's going to be an expensive trip to get to Switzerland, and we'll need, you know, in addition to Mark and myself, we'll need some of the engineers, and we'll need uh, uh, someone to help Mark out as well and to provide that mm-hmm. moral support for him to, as he competes. And so we think mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity for companies to really associate their name with a, a really good cause.
8: Okay. Yeah, on, on a global Typically, scale, like, this, right? isn't, like uh-huh. this is going to be, uh-huh. you know, this isn't, it's it's not you know like this happens even you know once a year. I mean this is the the first and you know this is a pretty right. big event. Right. right. So the, the foundation of it really. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
3: So this is the first Cybathlon that uh, well this is the first time they're having a Cybathlon, and so I think there'll be a lot of people watching in the technology community, but also people interested in the sports. It it will be a sporting competition. It'll be head to head competition. There'll be four. Athletes competing at the same time on an identical uh, course, so it'll be head-to-head
8: competition. So it'll be a great opportunity for any company that gets involved, right, to to get their you know name out and have it associated with with something that's pretty phenomenal. When you when you stop and look at <laughs> all of the things that are on television, <laughs> this, <Yeah>. this is <laughs> going to be something that that kind of. Is, is much higher on the wow and good factor, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? So.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to be watching you, and I, and I know um, I'll be uh, getting information from Mark and seeing about posting it here as well, just kind of keeping people in, in touch with what's going on and your progress, and especially when you get to Zurich, you know, uh, how things are going on in the competition. So we'll definitely be paying attention to that and, and, um, and cheering you guys on from the sidelines. So yeah, and, um, I think there are quite a few. In fact, I can think of a couple right now that are, you know, companies that should, you know, probably take a look at this because, you know, <laughs> it'd be a great thing to put your name on <laughs> as a yeah. sponsor or something like this. You know, they do it for race cars. I could see it right now on the right. exoskeleton. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, slap some, uh, slap some nice decals on the exoskeleton, and I go out there and I run as fast as I can. And oh, and, wow! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking there it. you
4: mean,
2: go. W- I, that is one of the things that's really cool about the exoskeleton now is we have that ability to speed it up, and so I will be, uh, we will be testing out some speed factors there. Oh man. He's gonna need a racing <laughs> helmet. This is gonna be yes, He does have to wear a helmet
4: for yeah, it. I'm pretty yeah, I'm sure you
1: have to wear yeah, a helmet. Yeah. Definitely a helmet sounds like it would be a good idea, for sure. You know? You probably put the stickers there on the helmet. But yeah, that is that is too intense. I mean, I love what you guys are doing and everything that you're um, you're promoting here. It's as far as the work that you're doing. And I just can't wait to see what comes out of your guys' You know your lab next. I'm sure it's going to be something just phenomenally fun because this looks fabulous.
8: <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, we've got some cool stuff going on. Um, one of the things mm-hmm. that we're doing, and this isn't this is aside from the robotics, um, but this is something I'm heavily involved in, is we're producing a podcast called STEM Talk, and um, mm. and within within week a few weeks of, of releasing it, we were number one on iTunes in science and technology and medicine. And So anyways, if, if any of your listeners like long, long format interview shows or like science, um, they can go to iTunes and check out STEM Talk. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's a pretty amazing show. We've we've had some some pretty amazing guests, including Dr. Peter Newhouse, <laughs> who will be on a future episode. But anyways, that's that's one of the things. We, and then they can find out more. Your your readers once once they they get into STEM talk and get on the STEM talk website, they can find out a lot more about IHMC as a as an organization because we're we're the robotics group is we're 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 so much more but but it's it's it, robotics are easy to look at right and and so mm-hmm. it's like like there's a robot and you can see that but but we're so much more as a research institution and it's it's neat everyone everyone here is is all on the same team but it if, you, if the if the listeners want to find out more about IHMC stem talk is a good good um, good platform for them to begin to kind of dive into it
1: Oh yeah. I mean I'm looking at it right now. Gravitational waves. I mean who doesn't want to talk yeah. about that? That sounds like fun. You know? Yeah.
8: Yeah.
4: So, so that was
8: yeah. Dr. Barry Barish and um and mm-hmm. uh and we've got uh who else? Michael Turner, I do believe. So these guys were the 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 people who you constructed get, LIGO. Yeah,
1: you there, You got the yeah. guys that are the guys. Well, you know, I'm so sorry to cut things short. We're at the end of our time today, but I want to thank all of you for being on the show. Thank you, Dr. Peter and Mark and William. I so appreciate it. Thank
8: you. Thank Thank you. you. Cool. That's great
3: talking with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you too. And for all of our listeners out there, I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. And remember, make every moment count.
0: Us next time for Moments with Marianne when host Marianne Pestana brings another inspirational, gifted leader to help us grow. Tune in every second Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Moments with Marianne when the Dream Vision 7 radio network is at 1510 a.m. Boston. Or catch Moments with Marianne every Thursday and Friday at 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. Eastern Time by going to dreamvision7radio.com. To learn how Marianne started her business from the ground up, visit MariannePestana.com. Don't miss this and remember, make every moment count.